back to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. You're listening to Gutter Talk. I'm Johnny Destructo. And I'm Len the Batribble. And with us this week... Yay, it's Brandon. Yay! <laughs> you just can't help it. I was I was joining in the... Yeah, I was well, cheering no, him on. No, leave him to his joy. And let everybody else listening collectively yay with him. You don't yay with him. You don't need to. Because you're already in his presence. Boo! <laughs> Boo, Brandon! Brandon sucks! <laughs> Get that guy out of my studio. Uh, so we are here at 4327 Main Street in Maniunk, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. Uh, we do it live here every week. We're Wednesday. doing it live. We're doing it live. I forgot about that. That was a nice little intro. And uh, so, yeah, we're here to talk about a bunch of nerd stuff. Screedle deedle, a deedle dee. A screedle deedle doo. We got letters. Oh, we got letters. Oh, we got lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. This one is from Brandon Payton. What's up, J.D., Len, and Brandon? Brandon. Yay! The only Brandon who third chairs on Gutter Talk and hosts his own Brandon title segment. Keep your head up, bruh. (laughs) Brandon getting shout-outs. Just a quick note about representation. I can almost guarantee you that no studio is going to CGI legs on an unknown disabled actor during a flashback scene. One, because first of all, it's easier to CGI the disabled actor's face on an able-bodied stunt person. And two, because that's a lot of paid post-production hours when the studio could simply hire an able-bodied person whose profession it is, is to pretend to be something they are not to play the role. It's just not practical. Practical. But I do think that disabled actors should get more supporting roles that don't have to have as much backstory so that they can raise their profiles enough to have something developed for them. I think of Mindy Cahill fighting the Kaling, Kaling, excuse me, fighting the ethnic diversity battle as a minor character on The Office. She knocked her performance out of the park every time she was on screen and raised her profile to the point where she's now developing her own material. Just my thoughts. And Len, if you think it's weird that JD likes to read books before seeing the movie, then let me blow your mind and say that I enjoy reading the script of a movie before seeing it. The reason being, as a storyteller, I like to visualize the story and all its beats in my head first and then see how the studio puts it together on screen. I like to see what parts make it to screen and what doesn't and what improvising actors are allowed to do. Some examples being Batman Begins doesn't stray one bit from the scripted page, while Wolverine Origin is drastically different from the original script. And Django Unchained cut out almost all of Kerry Washington's scenes. If I can't get a hold of a script, then I'll read the Wikipedia synopsis. I know it's bad, but also like J.D., I just don't have a lot of free time to waste on bad movies. I need to know a movie ends well before I commit two hours of my life to it. Yeah, I'm weird. I know. So tell me something geek related that you guys are weird about so that I don't feel all alone. Aww. So my mom was reading the books about the shiny vampire dude. Twilight. Twilight. And she was super into it. Brandon read Twilight too. I read them. Yeah. I read them. Uh, Actually, sorry. Real quick. Interesting fact about his um, thing about reading the script is I read uh, Stephanie Meyer also put out a separate thing that was just online, which is what kind of reminded me of the script thing. It's like, because it, the first book is 
the whole all of the books are from Bella's perspective. Yeah, who's like the female lead. She wrote. Uh, she was writing a book from Edward's perspective, yeah. who's the vampire. Which, to me, I read it. It sounded pretty cool, but then it leaked, and she got real mad, and she was like, "I'm not writing this book anymore." Because someone leaked it. So she put it up herself online. Uh-huh. But it was only like the first like three chapters. Ah. And then she was like, I'm not going to finish it because I'm mad at everyone. That's which was kind like, of interesting. Yeah. Qu- Quentin Tarantino had a similar thing happen with uh, The Hateful Eight. Yep. And then he was like, well, I guess I'm going to make it anyway. Uh, but yeah, my mom, she bought the book. Or I think I probably bought the book for her. And the first thing she did was read the – she flips to the back. And I go, Mom, what are you doing? She's like, she well, read the ending? She's first? like, I want to make sure it's going to have a happy ending before I get all invested. I'm like, you're already two or three – what, two books in? It's too late. But, yeah, that reminds me of uh, Brandon. Uh, see, he goes a step beyond me with the reading the – The script? The script and also the Wikipedia. Well, he says if you can't find a script, he'll – Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't dig that either. Huh. I'm not, I'm, I'm not with that. I, I don't understand the, the both of you. You're, you're both weird. We're both weird. Is there, do you have something that you're weird about? As per Brandon's question, I think this is weird. I will watch a trailer for a movie, but I'll only watch the trailer once. Mm. That's it. But I also don't like to watch coming next week. You know, previews of what's coming Same. next week. Same. Like I, I turn a deaf ear to that. Mm. Uh, and even when. It, even when it shows that I've seen before, like, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, I still, when it comes up, it's like, oh, but I, I forgot what happened in the next episode. Yeah. I don't want to watch That's the whole reason it. you're watching it again. Yeah. So, yeah, so you can so re-enjoy it. I, I, I guess that's weird. I don't know. No, that's, that's pretty, I do the same thing. I'm trying to remember what show I was watching recently that had at the end of every episode was like, here's clips from next week. And I'm like, yeah. no, no. And I would just like you know just shut it off yeah um now when you say you only watch a trailer once how aggressive are you with that do you go to the movies and then the trailer comes on and you like look away from it like some other podcasters i know or do you just sit there and watch it because like it's there if it's a movie that i if it's a trailer that i've seen before then maybe i will watch it Uh, because usually if i'm in the movies i'm with somebody so i'm watching it to kind of like gaze their okay impression of however if it's a newer trailer like, you know, I've watched the the sneak peek trailer and now they've put out what they right. call the full trailer. Yeah. Then I'll look away or just disengage from it. That that's that's how I operate. I don't know if I have it. I'm sure well, I'm sure I have other weird things, but I can't think of any right now. I'm just weird with like everything. Like I was talking to um my like therapist back in college and she there was one time where I was talking about how like I wanted to like get into like something. She was like, you know, you don't have to get into like every aspect of it because it was Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to read the books before I see the movies. It sounds familiar. And she was like, you don't you don't have to do that. Like, what? Are you going to watch all the classics of Doctor Who before you watch the new show? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I did that already. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the audio. Uh, yeah. Plays. I'm currently listening to the audio plays. I'm trying to get about 100 done before because they're coming up with their 20th anniversary. So I'm going to try and listen to like 100 of them. Yeah. So that's the thing I do is that like. When there's a thing I like, like really like, I'll get, I try to absorb as much of it as I can, which also kind of brings me into gatekeeping because like there are people who will like hate on people because they don't know as much about something. Like I saw fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hating on people who were surprised to see Clark Gregg in Captain Marvel. And to me, it's like, why? Like, why? Like as someone who reads comics, I could hate on people who only watch the movies, but that's dumb. Yeah. And like as someone who gets so into things like who reads comics, books, TV shows, like everything. If I were to gatekeep, like I'm, I know, like I've watched more than most casual fans, 
but then I just don't have anyone to talk to about things, so I don't really get the point. I'd rather just like you like something if you like the movies then i'll talk to you about the movies if you like the movies and comics i'll talk to you about those that's how i see it i like to just look at other people's level and then meet them there instead of trying to bring them up to my level right i don't know what that stems from i don't know what that gatekeeping um tendency stems from emotionally i don't know if it's some well, sort it's of cultural self gatekeeping that's where it stems from i think is it self-loathing is it like no. if you were to get down to the bottom of it no i don't think it's self-loathing i think it's actually just trying to keep certain things that are you feel are you mm -hmm. who help distinguish you keep them to yourself i mean i feel like it it, it came about you know uh we joked on and i think an earlier iteration of this episode yeah. that we have since deleted about you appropriating you know your intro our mine and brandon's intro yeah yeah right yeah. and the whole idea of gatekeeping came about because of this appropriation of different cultures over the years that has happened a lot in America mm -hmm. and by one particular set of people. Uh -huh. um, so you tend to like keep things closer to your vest now You and you, you're mindful of like, mm, no, you didn't earn that. Mm -hmm. you know? But then what's my what's our excuse? Uh, ours being uh, white people. What's your excuse for? Yeah, gatekeeping. For, do you gate, gatekeep? Not me. Well, do white people gatekeep? I yeah. don't think. I don't think white people in general, wasp, let's say, yeah. gatekeep. I don't, I don't think. I think they. What? I, I think they grab stuff and bring it into their into their yard. Yeah, it's theirs, and yeah, but then once they consider it theirs, no one else can have it. I think to me, I don't necessarily agree with you, and I don't necessarily think it's that you want to hold on to something. I think it's that you want to have something in general that's yours and i think it's a way of having something without necessarily working for it mm -hmm. that's what i feel like i feel like that about most types of prejudice in general honestly is that like like with like racism honestly like just you were born a certain color and yep. so you think oh this makes me better but you didn't have to do anything for it mm -hmm. so i think it's i think and i think if you look at the people who tend to be racist or tend to gatekeep it's the people who don't necessarily have like a lot and so mm -hmm. I think it's that they want to have something that's their own. And if they don't have like money or power, then they want to make it that they want to say like, well, my race gives me money or my, well, not money, but my race gives me power or something like that. That's where I think it comes from. That's a good point. I've always wondered that because I've, I've never really had that in me of, first of all, I don't have a background that I can latch onto and say, this is me. This is, this is my ethnic ethnicity uh, because I'm such a mutt. I'm just, I'm a bunch of, shit put together right so i don't have that tendency in me to go well i am born of this and so now i've got pride in being born of this and so it's always confused me but i like i like what you're saying is that there are people who don't who want to have something and so they find something to have and then that becomes what they base their definition of their own identity around so yeah it's um it's a little frustrating though for in, on a, in a geek perspective to see people doing that with things that I think should be celebrated and shared versus kept close to the chest and, you know, um, hidden away. Um, I just don't understand not wanting to share the thing you love with a bunch of people. You know, it's. Yeah, I don't understand it from a geek perspective at all. I don't. Yeah. Like, that's. I like, like I said, I understand it maybe culturally, but. Yeah. Geek is not a. It, it, I don't understand it, but geeks continue to 
bewilder me to this day. And it's 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 a, there's a go to, uh, especially online with people. Whenever I have a, an argument with somebody, a disagreement online about a character and the way a character quote unquote is or quote unquote should be, I've had people come back to me uh, and be like. Well, you don't even know what you're talking about. I bet you only just watch the Marvel movies. I bet you don't even read the comics. And I have to be like, dude, I own a comic book store. Uh, and it's you know, it's just this weird knee-jerk reaction of you disagree with me, so there must be something you're not that you don't know that I know, and that's why you disagree with me, other than just it's a difference of opinion, and that's okay. Right. And also, like to me at least, if you do that, then you're just – only serving to like push someone away mm-hmm. like i think of um i was watching a video like a documentary w- about image comics and robert kirkman there was like a whole episode about him and he said that like the way he found out about image comics is that he came into the store and he saw a poster on the store and he asked the comic book shop guy and he explained what image comics was and that's how robert kirkman got into it yeah. but if the comic guy was like oh you don't know about this and was like aggressive towards him yeah we wouldn't have invincible we wouldn't have yeah. The Walking Dead. We wouldn't have all these things. So the way I see it is, well, if you're inviting to people, then you're bringing them in, and you never know who's going to be the next Robert Kirkman mm-hmm. to make something that you're going to love one day. So that's how I see it. It's like always be positive because you never know how much what your positivity is going to bring, bring forth. To the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. How did we get on to gatekeeping? I don't know. Being weird about stuff and reading yeah. scripts. Yeah, and then Brandon brought up gatekeeping. That's okay. Um, all right. Let's see. We got one more email from Christopher Goodnight. Claus wasn't gay. Klaus. Klaus. Wasn't gay in the comics. And he's referring to uh, the Netflix show Umbrella Umbrella Academy. Academy. Uh, They actually touch on it in the second volume. At the most, he is bisexual, which you just mentioned on the podcast. I actually really enjoyed Umbrella Academy when all was said and done. Yes, there was a lot, and I do mean a huge amount, of changes from the comics. Much like Runaways, they made it their own thing, but it was still an interesting story in its own right. The trans character is actually in Supergirl and not Flash. Mm. The sound on this episode was really off. Lots of static, and at one point it even sounded like you were a record that was skipping... Skipping, skipping. Told you. I'm seeing Captain Marvel tonight, so I'm glad you didn't spoil it on this show. If I had to pick a comic to be adapted as a series, I would go with Dynamo 5. It has a diverse cast, a great selection of villains, and each issue is pretty much a standalone adventure that would adapt well as episodes. I can agree with that. Plus, it's set in the Collective Image universe, so you could have appearances by Savage Dragon and Invincible. Yes. One I don't want to see adapted, though it has been tried twice, I think, is The Sixth Gun. While I love it so much, I feel it is too epic of a story in both its mythology and its scale. Maybe if it was done on HBO, once Game of Thrones is over, and its budget can be given to someone else. Chris St. Saucy, good night. I haven't, I've, like, uh, flirted with the idea of getting into The Sixth Gun, because it looks like it's epic, but I have it. Have you checked it out? I have thought about it. Okay. I'm on this. I'm on the same level. Yeah. Same there. It, it, it looks like it's. It looks like it's cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I agree with him with Dynamo Five. I think Dynamo Five would be really great. That's one I haven't gotten to. I've read like a couple of issues of it, and he's right. It's like they're standalone. They're very fan friendly. Um, they, they're, it's they're cool. I can Let me ask it. you this: Is that one of those comics that just ended without a finale? Was it canceled and then? I'm not sure because I okay. never like collected it. Okay. Uh, for some reason, I thought in my head it was one of those ones that like I didn't want to get into because it just stopped. Mm. Um, but yeah. So yeah, thanks so much, Christopher St. Saucy. Good night. Uh, I'm sure he will email us about his Captain Marvel viewing. Oh, 
Chris Ain't Saucy Goodnight wrote in about Captain Marvel. Oh, did he? He did. Hey, everyone. So I saw the movie last night. I made the mistake of ordering my ticket from the wrong theater and then had to purchase a second ticket and actually had to pay for it. I'm hoping they refund me the cost, but if not, it was only 10 bucks. I really enjoyed the movie. It was so much better than Thor Ragnarok or either of the Guardians movies. I really enjoyed the humor and tone of the film. I wanted to dissect that Stan Lee cameo. Spoiler alert, of course, but he is on the train reading the script for Mallrats in which he plays himself. But himself is the creator of the Marvel Universe. So how does that work in a movie where the Marvel characters he created are actually real people? The level of meta here baffles the mind. Can't wait to hear what you all thought, question mark. Chris ain't saucy. Good night. So, uh... Yeah, don't think about it too much. It's just a cute little throwaway thing. Yeah, it's not to be, you know, just that was dissected. In Fantastic Four too. At the wedding of Sue and Reed Richards, um, he says like, "I should be on the list," and they're like, "What's your name?" He's like, "Stan Lee." So like, it's the same thing. Like, yeah. just kind of look past it. Yeah, it's, it's. I had seen. I don't know if it's Newsarama, comic book resources, or one of those comic news websites, but they had written a whole article about stuff like that in Captain Marvel and about the 90s and about the timing of different songs yeah. that weren't really appropriate for the... Yeah, yeah, because they, I saw something, and it maybe wasn't in that article, but mm-hmm. somebody pointed out that he wouldn't have been on the bus at that point reading that script yeah. because of when the movie came out or when it was made mm-hmm. or something like that. And to you, Brandon, the Fantastic Four movies never happened. That's true. Uh, yeah, a lot of people in the comment section about the, pre, uh, the aforementioned article where being real mean and stuff. And it's like, it's just a fun geeky thing to think yeah. like it's not literal. It's no. okay. Like, first of all, I don't care about stuff like that. Like, what was it? I'm just a girl. The song that they played the no doubt wasn't really out at the time, but it was a song that wasn't within the confines of the universe that the movie took place in. It was for us, the viewers. Yeah. So- but there was something about when they, when it happened in the movie that it did make you go. Rrr. Oh, I didn't like the choice because it was so on the nose. Yeah. yeah that I kind of was like, oh, all right, guys. That was something I've been meaning to talk. I want to talk to you guys about because I listened to your um, review with Noel and you were saying that you didn't necessarily like the some of the musical choices. Yeah. And I've heard other people say that, but they're all like people around your age. And honestly, I think as someone who was like born in the 90s, so wasn't growing up during that time. I think I liked most of the musical choices. Oh, so did I. I mean, I know I'm not. You're not you didn't say like you hated them or anything, but yeah. like I remember you said that I think for I'm Just a Girl, you wish it had just been like the riff, yeah, instead of the words, yeah. But I wouldn't have known what the song was if it was just the riff. Oh, really? And I think a lot of people would have been like that. I feel mm. like you have to. You would have had to. You have to make it as explicit as possible for some yeah, people. See, for some. For me, it was a matter of they're playing "I'm Just a Girl" while there's a scene of a woman fighting a bunch of men. All right, we're back. We've we've had some chicken cheese steaks. We've had some uh, yes. French fries. He's mm-hmm. sipping on a brisk tea. He's brisk, baby. Save some of that for the sequel. Um, that's an old, yes, old no. commercial. <laughs> so. Captain Marvel. No? no. Brandon says no. That's a different guy. We're talking about Captain Marvel. Not Captain Marvel. I said Captain Marvel. You said Captain Marvel. <sighs> Leonard. You know what? I'm sorry. He probably only knows it from, from the movies. He probably doesn't even read the comics. Actually, you know what? Len. Yeah. Uh, what's your Captain Marvel experience? I feel like uh that 
You could get one's Captain Marvel experience because he did a whole Black Tribbles episode about it. I don't listen to that. <laughs> I did, and he doesn't. Um, <laughs> I ain't got time, man. I, heaven forbid you listen to things. <laughs> we, uh, Captain Marvel, well, you know, for a long time, my Captain Marvel was Shazam. Oh, yes. Like yeah, yeah. On the DC side. Billy Batson. Yes. Um, but Captain Marvel, my relationship with him began in the Cree Scroll War. Never read it. I know it, it's gone down in the annals of history as like a classic crossover event in Marvel. Have you reread it? I haven't reread like it recently. In, in, no, I, I, it wasn't a crossover though. It it mostly happened just in Avengers. Oh, it was just oh, it was just a story. Yeah, it was just but it was it was like their big story for huh. I think it was like the late 60s, early 70s. Um and what made it as epic as it was is that a few of the issues, not all of them, but a few of the issues were drawn by Neil Adams. So it was really uh-huh. cool. Yeah, it's really That's dope. pretty cool. It's really dope. So, but Captain Marvel, the the male Captain Marvel was uh involved with that. And then I remember when Carol Danvers who became Ms. Marvel in the mid 70s. Yeah. So I and I remember that being kind of like a a big thing, kind of cool. She had her stomach out on her costume. I was like, "Ooh, like that." I like yeah, I like a little belly, you know. Um but then surprisingly, it was when she joined the Avengers and took on the more the 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 one-piece bodysuit mm. and the sash around her waist. Oh, the black. Yeah. With the lightning bolt. That was the Ms. Marvel who would then later become I think Warbird was her name oh that's right yeah um but that was the carol danvers who i really enjoyed huh. um and that's the carol danvers that the the marvel and the avengers jerked over in a big way in one of the avengers annuals that people can look up um but that's the the character that really like like bonded with me i always okay. like because i i have very limited experience with her in the comic books um i know monica rambeau from next wave well she was avenger well she was a uh, solo character first yeah no i'm just saying my experience okay. with monica rambeau so is, she was your first captain marvel. she was my first captain marvel even though at the time i think she was photon but when you met her when i met her okay in next wave yeah, and that's why she was. She had like the cool, then. the cool trench coat, and the yeah. white outfit. Yeah, yes. she was real cool. So, um, yeah, at the time I didn't even know she was Captain Marvel. So I remember that there was a Captain Marvel, and he, I guess he had like some sort of quantum bands or something, and then he died of cancer in the eighties, and that was kind of all I really knew. Yeah, he's one of the few heroes that has been allowed to stay dead, and I think yeah. that's primarily because of the way he died. Because of cancer. Of yeah, cancer. it was like a real thing. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until House of M where we go into the House of M alternate universe created by um, Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. and every all the heroes have what they've always wanted. And, and in this reality, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, was the premier hero, right? Oh. So, and then, and then that ends. It finishes like every, every, uh, everything does. And she remembers, I believe, that in the House of M universe, she fulfilled all of her potential. And I thought it was really cool that there was, um, what would you call it? Like uh, repercussions of this big event. Mm. And she was like, I'm going to try harder to be the hero that I was in this other reality where I was like respected and revered and I could, and I got, I got shit done. So that's what I really liked about her. That's when I started paying attention to her is like, Oh, what a cool thing. Like she's actually learned a thing from a crossover event and is now moving forward. And I thought that was great. 
I just had a quick question. Yeah. Did she have a cat in that universe? I don't remember a cat. Because I looked up a cat. Apparently, she does have a cat in the comics Mm. named Chewy. Oh, that's right. Apparently, when I looked it up on the Marvel Wikia, it like said some weird universe. It didn't say 616. Oh. And it said apparently it came from the House of M universe and then transferred over. Entirely possible. Okay. I, honestly, I didn't pay much, much attention to the cat. Yeah, I seem so. to remember that as well, um, reading about that. And um, them talking about the reason why they changed the name from Chewy to Goose for the movie. Star Wars? Right. Oh, Top Gun. Yeah, that's the reason why. Oh. They, felt, they felt like Chewy was a little bit too on the nose. Wait, what, why is chewing on the nose? What am I missing? Because that was for che- Chewbacca. Oh, it was. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, okay. That's a shame because it's probably one of the more endearing parts of the film. And now the comic book counterpart has a completely different name. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah. So anyway, I just I just wanted a quick touch on our experiences, Brandon. Well, you wanted you didn't ask me. That, I don't know if you know. That's why I just threw it to you, Brandon. Oh, I thought we were moving on. No. Yeah, my yeah. first Captain Marvel is. Uh, Carol Danvers. Okay. So, yeah. And from, we'll from um, was she Ms. Marvel? Was she Captain Marvel? It, it depends. The first Marvel, the first thing I read of her, I'd say consistently, was Hickman's Avengers. So she was Captain Marvel by that point. But the earliest stuff I've read, a few years ago, I went through and read like a bunch of Marvel events. Yeah. So I read like Avengers Disassembled. I read um, the Dark Avengers stuff, stuff like that. And in that, she was captain she was miss marvel so i've had both so we went and saw captain marvel finally brandon got to go see it and now we can go deep well yeah we'll go deep well it's been out what two weeks now yeah no yeah i just uh, it's weirder when it's anyway so captain marvel came out and uh now i I know what you're talking about yeah (laughs) yeah i'm just saying don't make me call hr so we we haven't discussed it, Len and I. Not, not at length. No, we have not. Now, what? When when I first walked out, Noel and I went uh, as a team, and then you were there, and Isaiah was there, and we all sat together, and we had a grand old time. Uh, uh, I love doing it. And then we came out, and my response was, oh, uh, um, I, th- I think I, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I just I had to sit with it for for a minute. Mm-hmm. And the, I found that the further away from it I got, the more I think I enjoyed it. So then, because we had a press screening, I already had bought pre-tickets for Thursday night's opening, and we went and saw it again. And okay. the second time, I really enjoyed it. So a second viewing really did help me to uh, solidify my feelings on the movie, because mm-hmm. for, for, I was overly hyped for this film. I don't yeah, really, I remember you saying that. Yeah. I don't really get super hyped for movies anymore, but when people are like, oh man, which of the comic movies are you most excited for is it endgame and i was like well, it's actually captain marvel i think which is kind of weird so i went in with really high expectations i was so high that when i came out i was a little befuddled mm-hmm. um but now that i was able to sit and the opposite of peeking around my boner i guess um uh, i really really enjoy it and i really want to see it a now that time. you stared directly into it, <laughs> into my into, into the, the whiteness into, of your boner yes into the eye, <laughs> of my boner, um, the eye of the. Now that I've said the eye of my boner, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm curious. You only seen it the once, Len. I have only seen it the one time, and I was much like you, kind of like I liked it. Yeah, it was good. And I think I'm still there. Okay. Because 
for the most part, while I did enjoy it, there were aspects of it. There were aspects of it that were different from the re- the normal Marvel movie that I appreciated. Yes, uh, especially them playing with time and mm-hmm. the storytelling of how they basically they, they like deconstructed and then reconstructed her origin. Yep, I like that. Um, I did like it being more of a period piece, mm-hmm. you know. So I I enjoyed that. Um, but then there were some bits of it that were typical Marvel that like evened out for me. I was like, ah, okay, all right, there's that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I give it a solid. B. Which I, is good. Which is very yeah. good. It, yeah. it, it's a good movie. I, I, I enjoyed it. What about you, Brandelicious? Okay. Um, I really liked it. I think this might be the first time, just listening to you guys, your reactions, I think this might be the first time I actually like a movie more than you guys. Because mm. I, I, I think I'm starting to realize I just might be a little tired of Marvel movies. Mm. So going into this, I wasn't super excited. I mean, I, I was really excited, actually. But I wanted like a serious movie. Yeah. So I wasn't, but I didn't expect like it to blow my socks off or anything. So when How I how were your in, socks? Pretty good. Are they, were they blown? They came off a little bit. Oh, okay. They got loose. Yeah, but they didn't come all the way off. Okay, okay. But yeah, so I liked it, but I wasn't. That sounds so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it was pretty good. I didn't like. There were things. There were things I liked. Things I didn't like. But yeah, I would say overall, I came out thinking I really enjoyed this. Yes. As opposed to coming out thinking. And this was pretty okay. Okay. Let's take a more... We usually fly by the seat of our pants here. Let's go through what we didn't like about the movie. Do we have things on our dockets of like... You can point to things that like you were disappointed by, you thought could have been better? Yes. In particular... Also, in case we haven't already done it, spoilers for the movie. Spoiler alert. Yes, yes. Also another show we do. Yeah. Um... For me, mine, and I'm sure this is actually something you talked about again in your review, and it's something that I think I'm pretty much in the minority on, which is that I someone pointed out, I think it might have even been Terry, pointed out that like the Marvel movies, like every serious moment is undercut by a joke. Yeah. And for me, like ever since some, like I heard that, it's I've noticed it, and it really like kind of annoys me, because mm-hmm. it's just like you could let some moments just breathe. Yeah. So for me, like the end when she was fighting Yantrog and he was like, let's fight mano a mano, no powers, no nothing. Then she just blasts him. That kind of like annoyed me. Oh, see, for because... me, that wasn't a comedic bit. I mean, yeah, I played for it. it I laughed. Right. Mm-hmm. But more of a my laugh was more of a like, oh, yeah, as opposed to like, haha, isn't that funny? Um, that for me wasn't a, a funny moment. It was a moment of power of taking something from that other character um, that she was giving to him before, which was like, you're my mentor. I'm going to listen to what you say, what you have to say about my emotions and the way I conduct myself as a soldier. And this is me taking that back from you and saying, I don't need your approval. To me, that was more of a badass um, sequence than it was like, you know? Yeah. And I also, what I liked about it and you kind of like just, uh, just mentioned it a little bit is that that's what a soldier would do a soldier mm-hmm. doesn't have time to like mess around with like you know some big speech or i'm gonna yeah. give you it out it was like all right 
We're battling. Boom. Done. done. Next. Yep. Let's keep it moving. You yeah. know, because I'm a soldier, I'm not going to kill you. So mm-hmm. I'm going to send you back with this message. But I ain't got time to BS with you. Mm-hmm. So that's why I actually enjoy enjoyed that. Yes, it played funny yeah. because of your expectation. You've been built up to, you know, you know, this is the big what, what yeah. we've been waiting for. But no, actually, what we were waiting for was when she went off in space in full blown, you know, superhero mode and just flexed. Yeah. And and you saw her smiling with it. She was like, oh yeah, I could get used to this. There is one ship that she destroys by belly flopping into it. Yes. Have you noticed? Did you, yes. Yeah. She's like arms and legs out. I hit it with my stomach and and just explode through it. I was like, that's the most badass thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and I saw some people saying they're like she was going through some people. She definitely knew them. Some of those were probably her friends, but she well, was just like Sushan, going right through. Yeah, Sly had seen it with us as well. And one of her problems with the film was she just murdered. She just straight up murdered those ships. Yeah. yeah. And to be clear with the um, Yanrog fight, I did like how like at the end she said, like, I don't need your approval. Like that mm-hmm. did make it better for me. Yeah. It's just for me, like I felt like it played for laughs and then that line was supposed to be the serious follow-up yeah. whereas for me there was no like funny moment because at this point i don't expect a fight i expect the silly moment instead of so this wasn't i feel like they're trying to um like subvert expectations mm-hmm. and i feel like at this point the expectation is that they're going to do that yeah. so i feel like it's you hit diminishing returns subversions. yeah i guess i could see you maybe seeing it as like she murdered those people or murdered those ships and everything like that however those ships were coming to do damage yeah and as a soldier when you have to go face somebody yeah. you know you do not mince words you don't mm. like take out a kneecap no yeah. you were coming to take out my eye well give me yours especially since they had just shot like 30 warheads at exactly Earth that she had to yeah yeah so I, I it, it was it was it was war yeah so that, I, was, that I, was the way i took it as well but i could also see because i'd also made the comparison this movie and it doesn't really happen until the end that i realized oh she's superman she's marvel's superman right um for some reason it didn't really click until she goes and she says goodbye to lieutenant trouble and uh maria and then she has the leather jacket on and she takes a couple of steps and then soars off like Superman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, she is. She's yeah. like Marvel Superman. Now. Yeah, this is kind of like the, the and this is their Marvel Superman origin story. Yeah. As a, as so I think some people may expect because she's so OP, overpowered, that maybe she would have the same reservations about murdering a bunch of people that Superman does. But no, she's a soldier. Nope. She's yeah. a soldier first. That's the way I, I took it. Yeah. Um, well, first off, to me, she's more their Green Lantern. I mean, well, yeah, I'm just talking about power level. Mm, yeah. No, and no, she's not Green Lantern because Green Lantern is all about a ring. I, you know, I like I hate people calling Green Lantern one of the most powerful people. He's just he's all about a ring. Mm. Batman is taking him taking his ring off his finger. He ain't that dope. Yeah. Leave it alone. She's not Green Lantern and she disconnected from her core. Yeah. She, you know, she is a a army soldier all into herself mm-hmm. here on Earth, well, not even here on Earth because she's fight, she's fighting for for goodness. Mm-hmm. She uh took care of the, you know, saw the scrolls would find a home. That's what she she leaves, which to me, I know you asked for like things that we liked. 
And I'll tell you one thing that I like. No, I asked first, the things we didn't like. Well, uh, that's yeah. things that we didn't like. But I won't tell you one thing that I liked the most was them flipping the script on the whole scrolls Yo. history. Um, especially if you are a longtime Marvel fan where you've been just you've been brainwashed that the scrolls are mm. like the baddest of the bad guys yeah. as far as aliens go. You've always known that the Kree were dicks, mm-hmm. but you you didn't know how like were they dickish evil or were they just dickheads? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But this told, but you were always told the squirrels like they are bad, they're they, evil. They're evil. You know, from the first time you introduced to them in um, early Fantastic Four when they discovered they're trying to come and conquer the Earth, invade mm-hmm. the Earth. You're told that they are the bad guys, and that's the way that it has always been. Yeah. The Kree Squirrel War was all about the Avengers teaming up with the Kree. Well siding with the Kree in that whole war. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So them flipping the script on that, even though you had mentioned, and I'm sure you'll so I'll allow you to point it out, do you think they maybe flipped the script in a maybe a little overhanded way yeah. in the movie? But them doing it, I I like that a lot. I like it a lot. And I think it really works because you know the people the problem I had with it wasn't that they did it. The problem I had with it was that the people who are predetermined or predisposed to not like liberal liberal or feminist messaging in their movie, which they were coming at it sideways since Jump Street about right. this movie, because they didn't want a strong woman who had something to say and on the liberal agenda. This is only going to fuel that fire. This is only going yeah. to prove them correct. Ammunition. Like, I just want a movie. I don't want to watch a watch a political agenda. Blah blah blah. And I was like, well, they are correct here. There is definitely a message that they're pushing. So um, I was a little disappointed by that because I wanted to be able to walk out of this movie and be like, see, you guys are, you guys were wrong. And it, well, no, they're kind of right. There's definitely a, a message being pushed here, a message I agree with. Um, but to speak to that message, I think it was deftly done because of everyone who grew up with the scrolls automatically being evil for no reason. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. We walked out of the theater, and I was like, "It works so perfectly because, yeah, the scrolls are evil. They've always been evil, but I've never been convinced or even told why they're evil. It's just they show up and they're evil. But why do they have to be evil? So I, I really liked Ben Ben Mendelsohn's performance in this movie was probably my favorite. Uh, who played Talos? Talos. Talos. The, Talos, the main scroll. I just can't forget. Can't remember his name. But yeah, I think uh, it was really well done. I just, you know, I think I equated it to Black Panther, where I saw Black Panther. I appreciated it for what it was. Um, it's one of my favorite Marvel movies. But then after the movie, someone pointed out to me, oh, did you notice how they were fighting on a literal underground railroad? And that blew my mind. I was like, that's such great, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Illusions? Yes. Yeah. And um, and like little things like, oh, did you see when they were in the casino and they were standing side by side up on the balcony and they made the African flag? Stuff like that. That is stuff that sort of blew my mind. And I think I wanted more of that from this. I wanted subtext and not pretext. What's the just you know what? Just text. text yeah. It's just text. It's bold font text. And I kind of wanted some subtext. <laughs> yeah. So and I felt the same way about some of the, the one music choice. I think I liked all the music except for I'm Just, I'm a, girl. just a Girl by No Doubt. 
And I think that's just my way of the way I'm taking it in, because I think that's supposed to be this movie is very much a feminist movie. It's very much, you know, the power of women to overcome and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so using that is sort of a rallying cry for the women in the audience to have that emotional response to it. And because that's that's not for me directly, I didn't have the emotional response. Right. But I know literally people next to me, the women in the seats next to me were pumping their fists and were freaking out because I'm just a girl came on. So um, clearly it worked for them. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go against the grain. I didn't like the scroll thing. Oh. I did. I liked it. I did think it was well done. But I would have preferred they didn't do it just because to me, like, the scrolls are the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I was thinking about it. To me, it's like if you were to tell, like, a Civil War movie and you, like, rewrote it that the South were, like, the good guys. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel it feels like you're rewriting history at this point. Like, there's some good, yeah. Like, you could have, to me, it's, it didn't seem like, I, I felt like they didn't make it clear that there were some good scrolls and some bad. It seemed like they were making it clear that like the scrolls are the refugees and like they're the mm -hmm. good like guys overall and to me that feels like it's just changing this it's changing history a little too much mm -hmm. so that was a problem i had with it yeah so yeah i could understand that if this was a real thing that happened like civil war had actual bad guys so yeah i mean yeah but uh, as far as fiction is concerned it doesn't bother me yeah and the history you're saying they're changing is the history that's in the comic. Yeah. But these movies are creating their own story. Mm -hmm. So it's not really rewriting history. It's just giving you another, a different story. It's I, the same thing with The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, there, some things happen, the TV show, there are some things that happen in the TV show that happen in the comics. But there's a lot of stuff that happens in the TV show and a lot of characters that aren't that never make their way to the comics. It's just a different, you know, story. I was thinking about what you were saying as I was watching the film the first time, Brandon, about maybe I guess maybe this is just a subsect of the scrolls who are refugees, who are not quote unquote evil. And I thought, you know, because then I was like a little disappointed. I was like, well, I guess maybe we won't get Secret Invasion where like they're like taking over some of the heroes and they're evil and blah blah blah, right? And then I thought, well, maybe they could still do it. But then they've created this scenario where scrolls are just, you know, refugees trying to find a home. And to then take those refugees, those very same refugees, and turn them into terrorists via the secret invasion. Then you're, you're, you're creating this mixed message, this nuanced message that I don't think American popcorn blockbuster movie going you know, people are Audiences. going to respond well to. I think you're creating a little bit too much nuance for the average film goer. If that were to happen. If that were to happen. Right. So yeah, I was just, as I was watching the movie, and I think that's a, a lot of the problem that I had when I walked out of the theater is I spent so much time thinking about stuff like that, mm -hmm. that, that I didn't sit and enjoy the movie. Yeah. See, and, 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 and unfortunately, you know, that's what you risk when you do put those kind of uh, allusions to those type of messages mm -hmm. in, in your movie, because they're, as many people who, you know, will watch it and feel the same with you or draw those, see those same parallels in the story, there'll be just as many people who will just see it and just see it as the story that it is mm -hmm. and just appreciate that yeah. and then keep it moving, you know? Um, because me, I saw those parallels, but it didn't get in the way of me enjoying it. You know, I, it didn't, I didn't sit in my head, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, 
it's fiction. Yeah. You know, and it's maybe a little food for thought. You know, oh, it's nice to know that they thought about this on a on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's all it really needs to be. It was it was it was the best Marvel dash slash Star Trek movie Mm -hmm. that I've ever seen. Uh, But to point out one thing that I, I disliked and it's a very small thing it's a nitpick. I admit. I liked Brie Larson in this movie. I do feel that one, there were some scenes where she kind of like underplayed her emotions. Like maybe just a little bit felt like a little, like a little too laid back or a little too in control, I guess. Um, and, and, and I think that maybe it's just an acting choice. So, you know, not knocking her. I, I, I liked her overall. But my biggest thing was she had a thing about when she walked that a lot of times when she walked, she walked with her fists clenched and I noticed it every time. And it annoyed me because people don't walk with their fences, their fists clenched, you know, Mm. not. And she was literally just walking down the hallway Mm. and her fists were clenched and it just that little thing, just like... See, to me, I, I get it. I get it. I noticed some interesting things about her physicality as well, but it was more about the way the actress runs and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah, I that I that thought too. was interesting. She had a really interesting gait. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say that, what part are you talking about? Are you talking about the beginning part? Because mm-hmm. I was think I thought that too, and then I realized she wasn't wearing shoes. Yeah. And to me, like that kind of cleared it up, because like, that's kind of how you run to me when you're not yeah. wearing shoes. Maybe I just I just noticed that I it, it made me. the last time you ran without shoes, Brandon? <laughs> I run without shoes all the time when I'm at home. I do like the whole that like Tom Cruise like slide in and everything. It's great. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, uh, to go back to okay, so yes, it might be that she's because I noticed that too. So besides her running, she her shoulders and her yeah. arms felt stiff yes. and strange to me like even when she shows up at Maria's Maria's in the in the shed working on whatever right. and she turns around and there's Carol wearing the 9 inch nail shirt mm-hmm. and the way she's holding herself just looks so awkward to me yeah and i i couldn't tell if that's just the way Brie Larson holds herself or if that was an acting choice or oh, if that's a soldier thing i didn't well, know so now while we're discussing it i would say things like walking around with your fists clenched is might be an acting choice to convey that this woman is always on her guard mm. um, and she has been trained to be a soldier, so on and so forth. I would also say a similar thing about her. Um, what her what, what was the first thing you said? Not about her humor. Uh, just uh, she was kind of like laid back or or emotionless. Yeah, there right. you go. So the the whole sequence that she has with Jude Law in the beginning is that she needs to wrap up her emotions, True. block her emotions. Um, emotions aren't what get you the job done. You mm-hmm. need to bury those as deep as you can and just be professional, be a soldier, what have you. So I would equate that to that. And I think the more time you spend with her and the more she has uh, a relationship developing with Samuel L. Jackson, Nick mm-hmm. Fury, she starts to loosen up and she starts to have her emotional side come out. By the end, when she uses her emotions to defeat Jude Law, 
and say, right. I, I don't need your permission. I don't need to to prove anything to you. She certainly is a lot, lot looser then. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's why I like her sequence at the end where she's belly flopping machines to, you know, ships to death mm-hmm. is because she's she's using her emotions. She's having fun and she's letting loose. So I think that is her character arc. I may find that I am completely wrong when Captain Marvel 2 comes out and she's doing all the same stuff and maybe it just didn't work out. But that's the way I'm choosing to interpret it. No, I, I, that's cool. And that's, that's a good way to read it. I can I can roll with you on that. Okay. But yeah, she runs weird. I was also thinking, I mean, when you think about the fact that her hands are her like weapons, it makes more sense that they would be clenched. Because like, if you have your hand on your gun at all times, Yo. well, her hands are her guns oh that's real good so that's what i was thinking yeah her shoes have you ever used your hands as weapons brandon (laughs) every day i punch concrete and planets yay what he does i don't know if you noticed we were just eating some french fries and he would kick them up into the air and then punch them directly into his mouth it is a feat we'll have to put it on youtube ladies and gentlemen so you can check it out uh no that's great i love that That she's walking around with two cocked guns basically that are her fists Mm -hmm. oh i of justice now, anything else we didn't like about the movie? I had a few like minor things. One, I did also again with the humor thing. I didn't really like Nick Fury when his eye got scratched. Mm. I noticed that like he doesn't really react. No one around him really reacts. He's so chill. It just happens. So my response to that, because someone else said that too, it was like I think we all were like, man, he was real chill about losing his eye. And my response to that was, uh, I was at a friend's house and they had a pit bull. And I've seen this pit bull a bunch and we play around and we have fun. And this particular night, the house was full of people and I put my face too close to the dog's face. And even though we're friends, she had a reaction. She bit me in the face and it hurt like a something bad. But I didn't blame the dog. It hurt like a female dog. And I didn't blame the dog because I, I got what I deserved you know, because the owner was crying and really upset and, oh, my God, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like, I put my face to her face and I got bit. So I'm wondering, that's sort of how I took that, too, of like, also, Goose ate a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, he helped yeah. out. She helped out. A, he? She? She. Goose helped out a lot. So I think that may, that may have been Nick Fury's been like, well, all right. Even Steven. Yeah. Um, I also didn't really like the amnesia storyline. To me, it felt like that. I felt like that pigeonholed them a little too much Hmm. like i would have liked to have seen more like emotion from her at certain points and i think she could have done that if it wasn't that she didn't remember anything yeah like and also like i really liked the actress for um monica and i would have liked to have seen more time with them yeah and we didn't get that so in trouble maybe i mean maria oh maria i mean the adult yeah Yeah, maria yeah i really liked their time together Mm -hmm. so i would have liked to have seen more of that so i felt like that was a thing you guys were talking a week ago about dark-skinned black people, mm-hmm. and oh. I and I said, oh, there was someone who I saw recently, and I was I was impressed that they cast such a dark woman for a role. Mm-hmm. I think that was what I was thinking about. Yeah, was her because she's a fairly dark woman, right? But and yeah, it was. I think it's good. It all it's always good. Yeah, I think that was good casting. Yeah. But then my last minor gripe. Oh, the Avengers thing, that really annoyed me. Oh, I, I loved was, it. I hated it. Oh, when he's typing? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. How did you feel about that, Len? Um, I liked and didn't like it. First, just to give the the actress her due, oh, the actress you. that played Maria Rambeau is Lashana Lynch. 
Um, who I don't know from anything that I can piece her. I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with her work and anything else, but I thought she was she was good yeah. in this movie. And it being a period piece, and you just stepping, you know, introduced to her, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe she finds her way into Captain mm-hmm. Marvel two or something like that. Um, I liked it because I thought it was a nice little ode on Nick Fury's part to Captain Marvel, the person who really was his impetus for starting this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so she basically is the catalyst mm-hmm. for this. So I liked I, I liked it as as an ode to her. Um and, you know, it also gives her some status in this universe mm-hmm. that we've been watching for the last 10, 12 years. So and and her status is G. You know, so for yeah. all of you who thought OG. like the Hulk and the Thor was Ooh. G, no, there's Captain Marvel yeah. who is G. Get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. Um, the only part that I didn't like about it was it felt shoehorned in because there's no mention or even sly little reference to her having been called Avenger. Oh, that's earlier what I liked in the about movie. it, though, because we would have seen it coming. Well, I, I, I understand it, but maybe even if you... I like that you're on the Discovery with him. Yeah, but, like, even even if, like, um, you know how they, they, they showed, they were, they were playing with the whole amnesia thing, so you'd go and see scenes... And you'd see them one way, and then they then later you'd see it blown out a little bit more. Yeah, you yeah. deconstruct and learn, learn a little bit more. So even if you saw her in one of those scenes, walking up to the to the plane, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you don't necessarily see the name Avenger there, and then when you see that photograph, oh, you realize that's a photograph from that scene. Right. That at least alludes I to see. it. So it felt it felt kind of like like out of the blue. Oh, I to get me. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there could have been a nice little tie on it. Right now, yeah. now, mind you, I might go see the movie again, and it's like, oh, that's where it is. Yeah. But remembering it, I, I and seeing it the first time, I I didn't. But at the, at the end of the day. I still, I, I rode with it. That was yeah, cool. yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh, how'd you guys like Goose? I liked him. Yeah, I thought he was real cute. I, and I hold, I, and, and I, with, uh, you know, not being really up on her story since they've kind of like rebooted her to the mm-hmm. whole Captain America, Captain Marvel thing. Um, I wasn't really familiar with Flurkin, Chewie, the Flurkin, the the alien that they based off. But I love the idea that the aliens just just looks like a cat mm-hmm. no he's not pretending to be a cat yeah, yeah that's what they look like yeah, yeah they look like cats and i like how someone called her a cat earlier and they were like what's a cat right yeah, yeah i dug it i dug yeah. it uh one thing i will say uh, another little nitpick which i don't even know how they would have avoided it but when uh ben mendelson's character talos talos uh, yeah talos okay uh when talos shows up i didn't know it was ben mendelson in makeup but I did know whoever was in that makeup was having a lot of trouble yeah. talking around his makeup. Mm. His appliances, like the stuff on his lips, you could hear, like when someone has dentures and you can kind of hear that they have dentures, you could hear that this guy was like talking through appliances yeah. versus being a scroll. Right. So that, that was a little to thing me, that I that, noticed. I did notice it, but I was it just got like, better well, throughout that's just, the film. I was just like, well, that's just what this character sounds like. This yeah. is just, the character isn't Ben Mendelsohn, it's Talos, and Talos yeah. has a little in his mouth yeah so yeah um i was just gonna give a little fun fact apparently brie larson allergic to cats oh no so she could not be around um 
Goose that much throughout the movie. Well, I guess that's why it was Goose mostly hangs right. out with uh, Fury. Yeah. Um, there was something else I was going to mention. You guys were talking about, oh, when you guys were saying that, like, when she went through the ships and you seemed that you were like, oh, that's totally fine. She's a soldier. To me, like, there was a way for her to get around that without doing it. Because, like, Ronan, she didn't kill Ronan. She gave him a chance first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's certain, like, if she had just gone to him first even and been like, hey, you see what I can do, turn around, and he turns around and then all the ships are gone and she doesn't have to kill people. Mm-hmm. So, to me, there, like, there was there What did she do to them? It. She like, Why are their ships gone? Well, she can see they're all flying and stuff. She can see, like, they can see her, like, flying around and, like, being cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, she'd already blown up the missiles and stuff. So, like, I feel yeah. like she's shown her abilities. I see. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's just not, like, I, there are certain characters that I don't want to see murdering people. But it doesn't bother me when she does it or a soldier does it or Frank Castle does it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, is there anything you really loved about the movie? Well, I love that scene when she went flying through the planes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. It was hella fun. Yeah, it was um, great. And I also liked it because of the the uh, effect that they gave put on her. So you saw the like the her trail of flight. That Mighty Mouse cake. Yes. Yeah. I like that because Me now too. you can really appreciate, you know, the joy of flying, mm-hmm. you know, and you can see her just zipping all over the place. Yeah. I I I loved it. I loved her little I loved her like mohawk. Uh, mohawk in the helmet and I I I loved her friendship with Maria Rambeau. Yeah. Um, I, 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 and I liked that they took time with it. I liked that, you know, Maria was apprehensive about the return of her friend seemingly from the grave. Mm-hmm. I, and I liked that they actually took the time to, you know, process that a little bit. That scene at the kitchen table. Yes. Where Maria is talking to her and like, oh, she says, she says something like, I guess this is hard for you. And she goes, this this part here talking to you now is not the hard part. You disappearing for six years and me knowing that you're too badass to die and that you're out there somewhere alive. That was the hard. Like I'm getting mm-hmm. emotional talking about it. Yeah. That scene is so well done. Now, I think it's a little overdone outside the barn where me she's too. talking to her. The, you're the Carol I know who's Baba. And I was just yeah. like, ooh, it's a little yeah. too much. A little bit little on the nose. Yeah. And because I was just recently watching horror noir about um, – black horror cinema a history mm-hmm. of it and they talk so much about black characters either being there to die or to push forward the white character mm-hmm. that particular scene for whatever reason felt a little bit to me like oh yeah here's a the bit black woman yeah. popping up the white woman to go like it felt ever so slightly and i couldn't tell if that was i'm just sensitive to it because I'm sort of paying attention to it now Mm -hmm. or if that was like a legitimate problem in the script or performance. I think it's a little bit of both to be. Did you fail it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I did feel that as well, but I, I do like that. And I was wondering whether or not they were going to do this because my whole time, especially if, you know, reading the comics, you know that her daughter, Monica Rambeau, at least in the comics is destined to be a Captain Marvel or a Mm -hmm. hero of note. I'm me. I'm like, okay, when is Maria going to, buy it mm-hmm. so the whole time i'm like all right this is when she's gonna buy it like every time she's on the scene i'm like is this it is this it you gonna die and, and and but she doesn't and not only does she, does she not die but she um gets a kick-ass scene of her own mm-hmm. when she gets to return to the cockpit yeah. and be the badass fighter pilot of uh, of mm-hmm. herself so um and i i like that because 
it would have been very easy and tempting for them to have put Fury in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. But no, she was in the cockpit. Yeah. He really doesn't have a hero moment in this movie. No. He doesn't. Because really, the floor can save him. Yeah, yeah. So really, he's just along for the ride. I like that he's a different Fury. He's, oh, he's yeah. not Nick Fury. He's just Nick Fury. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, 100%. And I think... Um, I want to go back a little bit to what you were saying earlier about her as a character being a little bit too stiff. I think there's more evidence to what I was saying about her being her character arc because every single one of the photos that the little girl, uh, Monica, shows her, mm -hmm. and, and also some of the flashbacks of their friendship is they're singing karaoke. Yeah. She's playing Street Fighter. She's uh, dressing up and having fun. And like all the pictures are a person who are who's having fun and has personality. And then, the, but the one we have right now, because of her training, is stiff. So yeah, you were talking about... Um how you like the flashbacks. Yeah. And to me, I was thinking that's part of my problem with the amnesia storyline is that like, if we had more time with Carol with like her as like her full fledged self as Carol, not as Veers, mm. then we would have gotten more of that emotional side of her and more of the fun side. So I felt like, I just felt like the amnesia. That's, that's just another reason why I felt the amnesia. But the amnesia is so intrinsic to the storytelling and the reveals that we get about uh, the Kree and about the engine and Marvell and the fact that we're on that ride with her is more engaging, I think, as a as a film, as a mystery. And had we been privy to it from the beginning, if they told it in a linear fashion, then I think a lot of the drama would be sucked out of the story for me. I agree, but I think maybe it could have been done a little sooner. Okay. Like, instead of maybe revealing it at the very end, maybe reveal mm. it even, like, halfway or even three-quarters of the way through. Yeah. Something like that. Mm. Okay. That being said, I, I did love the whole Veers thing. That was cute. I just liked that. I, I was I like, is her name Veers? And because... I felt so dumb when they showed me Dan Vers. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. I didn't get it. I didn't. I didn't get it. Oh, either. did you? Okay, good. I didn't good. get it either. That makes me feel better. I was trying to figure because I was years, but I felt I felt like it was something. So I was like, "What is it?" Yeah, I know it's, I'm going to be pissed because I can't mm. figure this out. And then when I was like, "No," oh, but I liked it. Plus, Annette Benning was great. Oh, Annette Benning. Annette Benning. She's the she's the lady who holds up the torch. In she's the... not the. I know. <laughs> but I love me some Annette Benning. Yeah, I man. I've been a sucker for Annette Benning for so long, man. It's mm -hmm. just something, you know. The, like the only thing I don't like about Annette Benning is that she's married to Warren Beatty. Yeah, right. Because he's just speaking of dentures, just real quirky. But um, Annette Benning is just like mm, delicious. And she's having so much fun mm -hmm. in this, and she's rocking the gray hair. Oh my oh, she god! Is. Dancing Silver in a leather Fox. jacket. Oh my god! God, next, don't, don't do it to me, baby. I heard my deed where I live. Oh my god! Yeah, pass that mic back to Brandon. <laughs> I like. Go her. clean yourself up. There was one thing that was. I mean, that was one of those things. Personally, JD, you've been saying a few. There's been a few times where, like, you were worried about this movie giving the um. Assholes. Outrage crowd. Yeah. A uh, leg to stand on with certain things. Like there are things that were that you felt were a little ham-fisted. Yeah. And I didn't. I disagree with most of them. To me, it's like if they have problems, who cares? They were going to have problems no matter what. I know. I know. I know. I know. I shouldn't give a shit. But part of me was like, oh, man, this is just giving them more ammo to be dickheads. But there was this one, like, I don't know that we needed to have the original Marvel be gender swapped. 
that was one that I like. I can understand maybe where they're coming from. Hmm. But as someone who has no connection to the original Marvel, I didn't really care. And guess what? Most of the people who are upset about it. And first, actually, I haven't heard anybody be upset about the Marvel specifically. Uh, anybody who would be upset about Marvel probably wasn't around back when he was around anyway. That dude has not been around since the 80s. Yeah. That is um, 40 years ago. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, people who are still clamoring about, well, Marvel was, Marvel was a man. Captain Marvel's a dude. They're just gender swapped. She's been Marvel for how long? Since the 70s. Knock it the F off. Also, while we're on the subject of that interaction, I did really like that when the way she got her powers is similar to the way she gets it in the comics, where mm-hmm. like, it's an explosion. And yeah, I like that. The other thing that I really liked, because I was curious about how this was going to happen, there was uh, a really great miniseries called Life of Captain Marvel that just wrapped up a couple months ago. It's in trade paperback right now. I hand it to everybody who's interested in Captain Marvel. And it sort of changes a little bit of the origin that I thought, what is this what they're going to be doing for the movie? Is this why they're changing it? And they don't even touch on it in the movie. But I think what they've done with the miniseries does not negate anything that happens in this movie. So even if you come out of this movie and I hand you this book, it'll give you some new information, but it won't directly um, negate the thing that you've just seen. True. So, yeah. Why were you smiling at me when I was saying that? I didn't realize I was smiling. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Have you n- not ever watched Brandon, Brandon look at you when you talk? He's just he's just glinting his teeth. He's just so happy. Speaking of Terry, remember earlier we were talking about Terry and Terry said he's a friend of mine who thinks that all the Marvel movies rely too heavily on the comedy. Yeah. With this movie, it wasn't funny enough. <laughs> what? I think that's valid. But also, no, not. no, it's not. I, I, I like that she is not the same as Tony Stark. She's not Thor. She's not Captain America. She feels like a character who is different and has a different set of personality traits than everybody else. And I like that she's not. It's infuriating to me that the people who are like, eh, Marvel just pumps out the same movies over and over again and all the characters are the same and they're all snarky and blah, blah, blah. And this is definitively not that. And then they're upset about that too. Yeah, you just, it's it's just a matter of you can't win no matter what you do. You do you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But not all the characters are the same. Yes, Tony Stark is extremely snarky, but mm-hmm. Captain America is not snarky. Right. Um, Thor, for the most part, is not snarky. I, I one of the reasons why I didn't like Ragnarok is because I think Thor is played a little bit silly, too comedic. Yeah. Too comedic. In I get that. it. Um, and. But he, he's far from snarky. Um, Black Widow, they don't know what to do with her, mm-hmm. uh, and nor do they know, know what to do with the Vision or Wanda. Yeah. So, but the main three, they're not snarky. And Captain Marvel, she has her own personality, which is not snarky. She has a well enough of a uh, relationship with. With Maria, as you see in this movie, with Nick Fury, especially by the end of the movie, that she lets her hair down a little bit and, mm-hmm. and is joking with them. But no way does she like ever play them off or, or sounds right. like like you know she's too cool for school or anything like that. And I think that is even um, complimented on in the Stinger when she comes back after they oh. you know they they got the beeper going off and she comes back and the first words are 
out of her mouth are, where's Fury? Yeah. Because that's Fury's mm. joint. So yeah. what the hell is going on? And another thing that I liked about this film is Nick Fury and Carol's relationship. Because I think Sushan, another part, she was like, I was kind of bored when they were driving to Project Pegasus. They're just mm-hmm. driving and talking. And I was like, oh, no, I love that scene because that's them building a relationship. Yeah. And that's them getting to know each other. And it's because of scenes like that in this movie that when she comes back at the at the stinger and she goes, where's Fury? You can feel like that was my friend. I don't know who you guys are. Where's my dude? Right. Yeah. But to a little bit to her point and Brandon's point, when they're driving in the car, that's good. When yeah. they get to the bar and she shoots out the bar as yeah. proof that she's a squirrel, yeah. that's a little bit over the top. Oh, did you think so? Yeah. I thought that was and It was cute. funny, but it's a little bit over the top. Yeah, okay. that, that bordered on Ragnarok. Also, how did he get there? Oh. He, uh, he was at the, the scroll autopsy, mm-hmm. and then she drove to that bar, mm-hmm. and then he was already there. Yeah. Why? Because he he was... Um, he was at Shield headquarters, I think. Yeah. Right, he was at Shield headquarters, and everyone knows that Shield headquarters has a room where you go in and you can, you know, look in a drawer. It's, it's labeled "convenient plot hole." Oh, they're just they just have them like built up and just like right. put aside. Yeah. Oh, I and didn't you know come that. Out, you just stick that on the wall and you just jump you think, through the plot hole. Do you think? Do you think they all have like keys to that drawer? Or? Well, I think it's probably like thumb pad. I don't know if it's thumb pad. It's just really accessible. It probably was. It probably was a key back. It's in just that day. in there with like the creamers, yeah. the coffee station, the Shield coffee station. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Shield, that was something that that was a plot hole that uh, sort of annoyed me. Is that he keeps saying I'm an agent of Shield, but in Iron Man they don't know that they're called Shield. Until they're the strategic. Very end. Yeah. So yeah. that was weird to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, that's right. They did do that, didn't they? Yeah. And there's even a, like there's even a, jo- he a joke. He specifically says like we're well, gonna we're gonna work on... we're we're gonna work on that. Yeah. So that doesn't. Really Ooh, make sense. you deserve a no prize. I did right, like Stan Lee. Oh. Uh, two things. One, I loved Coulson, Clark Gregg. I liked yeah. seeing him back. His wig was bad. Great. Yeah. His wig was bad. His acting felt a little stiff, honestly. Mm. But I just like seeing him. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, the Stan Lee thing because we were talking about that earlier, and people were talking about how like. Stan Lee and Kevin um, Kevin Smith were very close. Mm-hmm. So going back to the like, well, the cameo kind of ruined, kind of like messes with the timeline and stuff. That's like such a nice nod it to Stan Lee, so to um, Kevin Smith. I love Smith. that. And like he is like on his Twitter and stuff, he's talked about how happy he is and how much that meant to him to like see Stan Lee and to have his movie. He was a blubbering in, mess, I believe was the. Yeah, mm. which he, he, he always is. Mm. But yeah, so I think like that's another reason why it's like, yeah, I might mess with things, but it's a nice tribute to someone who's done a lot for comics. Oh, I so, loved yeah. it. Yo, we didn't even talk about the first one. I, I I couldn't. I was so moved when they did oh, the, the, pre, uh, like, the Marvel Studios logo. Yeah, and then you see and it was all Stan. Yeah, that, oh, was, that cool. was a great way to start this movie off. Mm-hmm. I really, I was excited. Yeah, it took everybody by surprise, and everybody was like, "Oh, yeah, wait a minute, we need to pause the movie because everybody started." Everybody's choking up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Clark Greg, and you say him being stiff. I think it was. I wouldn't imagine that he was probably a little stiff because they probably told him not to emote so much because there was a lot of effects yeah. on his face, you know, to de-age him. <laughs> And, and like, ooh. 
I don't know. I think that um, the de-aging wasn't so bad. I, I, and especially on um, Samuel Jackson, I thought he looked great. Yeah. It wasn't see, that weird. Like the argument um, is exactly how much de-aging was done on um, uh, Sam. Sam. Because yeah, I don't think there was a whole lot. Really? Maybe I, that's I, why he looked so good. I'm imagining there was some. Yeah. And his age definitely showed when he had to run. Yeah. But he, uh, I he's don't never he's, been a, an athletic fella. Never been he's the most. Never been a runner. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. He's not. He's not Wesley Snipes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think he looked great. Um, hey, let me ask you this real quick. So sh- the Cree have suits that automatically cover their faces, and they give them breathing apparatus. Yeah. Um, why was she so afraid of being sucked out of that wall into space? She, she couldn't, couldn't fly. fly. So like, you think it was that? If she was sucked out, she'd still just be floating in space. Because she was using her photon blast to propel herself. Right. She like pushed herself to like stay in. But that's because I feel like if she was out there, she probably even if she was using her photon blast to fly through space, I don't yeah. think she could have kept going like forever. That's true. That's so, yeah. true. I was just that was one thing. It was reminded me a little bit of Aquaman, where they jumped out of a plane and landed with no parachutes. And then the next scene, they were running across rooftops and holding on for dear life for no reason. What's yeah. that? Oh, emails. That's right. Who who kept yelling at me? Oh, Christopher Goodnight. Christopher Goodnight. Who else? Who? Uh, yeah. Christopher Goodnight. Anything else? Should we should we rate? We should. One thing. The uh, Tesseract. Um, I saw a lot of people who seemed confused. They why? Seemed, people were saying that the they. Why did the Kree need a light speed engine uh-huh. when they clearly were traveling seemingly faster than light speed with their like little hexagon things? Yeah, their little beehive teleportation devices. Yeah. But to me, they didn't need an engine. They needed a, the, the core of the engine, which is the Tesseract. Yes. They were just saying they needed a, the light speed engine. Yeah. So that's something I just wanted to bring up because I've seen that's a lot a good of point. people. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, where would you put it? All right. So we're going to divvy it up. We're going to divvy it up to make it easier. The team. Avengers movies don't count. These are, we're just going to talk about the solo Marvel films. solo origin films. Okay. Wait, why just origin films? Well, I don't think he means origin films. I think he more means just the Marvel solo films. So not necessarily just the origin films. So um, where would I rank it? That's a good question. So JD, when you say we're going to do the solo movies, you said origin. Do you mean like... All the movies or just the origin movies? I don't well, think- I think most of the movies, once you get past the origin, are team movies. You said, the- oh, is that what you meant? Yeah. By team movies? Iron Man 2, Len? Iron Man 2. You're right, you're right. All right, we'll do, no, I'm th- origin stories. I think, why? That's not fair. Sure it is. There's like five of them. Right. Okay. That makes it even easier. I think See, it- the problem with, with equating it with Iron Man 2, right, and putting that in the running, is that you've already had... Multiple movies of Iron Man. Yeah. This is the first appearance of a character. I don't know. So it's only right to put it with the first appearances of other characters. But I feel like every other time we've ranked movies, we rank all of them, not just... Yeah, but we don't have that kind of time, Brandon. Okay. See, guys, JD doesn't like us. He wants us to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Speak for yourself. Uh, He loves me. I do. Uh, So where do we rate Captain Marvel and just in the Marvel origin films? Yeah. I would say, so just for for context for, for fans out there, so that would be Iron Man 1, Captain America, the first Avenger, Thor. Um, Ant-Man. Bo- Ant-Man, 
Black Panther. Doctor Strange. Well, Black Panther is not really an origin film, though. Oh, no, I would still give it to him. But it's not an origin film. All right, fine. Don't give it to him. It's not an Good, because he's at the top anyway, so. Uh, and then where are we going with Hulk? Because was Hulk, I guess they are the same universe, but I, I'm just remember. I'm not remembering exactly which one is the first one. Incredible Hulk or Hulk? Hulk was the Ang, Ang Lee So that, And that's travesty. the first one. Yeah. Well, that's the first Incredible one. Incredible Hulk would be. It's not in-universe. The Incredible Hulk was the one in-universe. So yeah, well, we well, can't the, use... the Incredible Hulk is the one that was created in in joint with 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 Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it didn't retell the story. All it did was recast the character. All right. So Hulk is still considered the origin film. Sure. Um, and are we? But we're only doing Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Okay. Just just so we're not throwing in X Men and Fantastic. Four. Oh no. Okay. So with that in mind, I would place Captain Marvel at wow. It's hard, right? I think uh, it's not hard for Brandon, I hear. No, I think it's number two, right below Iron Man. I can't think of any other one that's better, that tells a better origin story. Because if we're going, if we're basing them off origin stories, I think that's the main criteria. Mm -hmm. And I think Captain Marvel tells the best origin story after Iron Man. Like, I mean, it tells the best origin story along with the best, like, character designs, the best, like, action, the best, like, everything. Mm -hmm. I would say Captain Marvel's the best. Okay. I mean, second Second best. best. Yeah. So Iron Man, then Captain Marvel. What's under Captain Marvel? What would be the very next one? Probably... Captain, yeah, Captain America. I okay. really like the first Avenger. I know it's not a lot of people's favorites, but I really like that one. Although I do also like Thor. It, it might like be a Thor tie too. between those two. Yeah, that's what I was saying, but go ahead. I think that I would put Captain Marvel, I think I would put it at number two. I, but I would put it underneath Captain America, the first Avenger. Not my favorite Captain America movie. No, of course not. But it's the, I did feel good about that movie. Yeah. I really liked Chris Evans in that movie. I did not expect to like him as much as same, I did same. in that movie. I thought that movie was a little a little bit more fun than all of them. So I would put Captain Marvel right under under that. Iron Man's probably probably third. And the reason why Iron Man is is third is because as much as I enjoy that that film and I do like Robert Downey Jr. Even upon first watching that film, his shtick was starting to get on my nerves. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I enjoyed him, but even then his shtick was starting to get on my nerves. And I didn't like the ending. I didn't like cause, oh. because I saw it coming a mile away. Oh, yeah. The whole, you know, of course. armor Obadiah versus Stain. armor. Yeah. Of course. It's so so I I just didn't I didn't have as much fun with that as I did with Captain America and um, Captain Marvel. And I did like Thor. I did. I, I thought Thor was a, uh, was a hoot. It's probably on the same level. I, that's probably like, you know, number three B Yeah. with uh, Iron Man. What about you, JJ? All right. So I'm going Iron Man. Number one, Captain Marvel. Number two, then Thor, then Ant-Man. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Those are subject to change at a moment's whim. Like now. So number one is Captain Marvel. Then number two. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, Captain America. To hit back on that, it feels like the the mo- something about that movie feels like a made-for-TV film. Okay. okay. It feels like certainly it, the costume, and it makes sense with Shield. It makes sense that it feels like it would take place alongside the Shield TV show. Yeah. With more budget. Yeah. But yeah, but then you get to like. The second Captain America, which was like, oh, that's Captain America. True that's that. the dude I know True that. from the comics. So, yeah. Um, I also really enjoyed Thor. That was another one that really surprised me because up until that point, I did not care at all about Thor. Mm-hmm. It did the same thing for me that I think Iron Man did, which was like, I, you guys are you're going to make a Marvel movie and it's going to be Iron Man mm-hmm. of all the characters? And then I walked out being like, oh, that was fun. So... I think those these three movies, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Ant-Man, and uh, Thor, those four movies, all gave me a much deeper appreciation for characters that I never really cared about in the comic books. Okay. Yeah. I just find it, I find it interesting. You guys were like, this is going to be hard, and we all put it pretty much the same spot. Number two. Number two. <laughs> it was only hard once you throw in... All those caveats, yeah. Yeah, you're limited to origin films. You know, if I had to rank this with the... Marvel movies, it's Oof. not number two. No. Not not close. What is your, okay, just for fun, Ishton Giggles, what's your least favorite Marvel movie my, out of all of them? My least favorite Marvel movie is, wow, it's probably Iron Man 2. two. Yeah, okay. Brandon. I really like Iron Man 2. A lot of people put that as like one of their lower ones yeah personally i don't like iron man 3 that much i find oh, it very i love boring. iron man 3 ah, it's I so love that boring one. to me but for me my lowest would be thor 2 in a heartbeat yeah that movie bored me i watched the first time i saw it i didn't see it in theaters and i was just watching it at home like on demand or something and i fell asleep i was so bored yeah. um those are both equal for me uh, iron man 2 and actually it can't be equal i take it back i take it back there's no way it's equal I am talking balderdash. Uh, then the Thor, the Dark World, has to be my least favorite. I, I also don't like uh, Iron Man 2 so much, but I love the bad guy. What's oh, his name? In Iron Man 2? Yeah. Oh, um, uh, Mickey Rourke. No. That, that's who's in, in yeah, Iron Man 2. Yeah, he's, he's bad guy A. Who's bad guy B? Um, oh, um, uh, uh, Oh my god. Three billboards. Hammer. Hammer. Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer. Yeah. His performance was so fun. Yes. That was he I would have a whole movie of that guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. That is a guy who does not get enough roles. Sam Rockwell does a lot of stuff though, man. Yeah, but but there's no like he he doesn't have the pull that I think he should have given his talent and his charm. Um even in uh, Three Billboards Outside Missouri, whatever that was called, right. he is such a dipshit. Mm-hmm. He's just the worst. Mm-hmm. And he makes it so interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I just, he's hes a guy that when he showed up in Iron Man 2, I went, oh, there he is. There, Where's this guy been? Did you ever see, uh, well, first of all, he's going to star in this um, uh, miniseries on TV and, and FX starting in the next couple of weeks playing Bob Fosse. The noted dancer oh, yeah. and choreographer from the seventies who oh. did cabaret. He's going to be playing Bob Fosse, and I saw the the trailer for it. it looks kind of interesting, but did that's you? It's not something that speaks to me, but yeah, maybe not. 
But he did this movie. I think it's called, is it called Moon? Yeah, it's called Moon. It's did, a sci-fi movie. Did you ever see that? Yo. Yep. That was Beast. Yep. Uh, that one, the two two really underrated sci-fi movies, just as an aside. Um, Moon mm-hmm. and Sunshine. I do, I do ah, you my, this yeah. is why you my boy. This is yeah. my boy. I knew exactly yeah. where he was going. Yeah, that was also the worst high five in the history of high fives. yeah good thing they couldn't see that um but yeah uh two great movies yes very underrated yeah very underrated man both of them oh my god but moon moon you know back on sam rockwell yeah yeah he's so good he's fierce so yeah and you're right he is enough to kind of make you want to like Mm -hmm. iron man too even just the the tiniest the tiniest little detail of these they're having dinner with um whiplash Mm -hmm. mickey rourke and his hands have uh, tanning. Lo- his hands have been tanned from self-tanning. They never say anything. It's just if you look at his hands, they're completely blotchy because he was rubbing self-tanner on, and that's one of the most beautiful little touches. Yes. Yeah, that I don't think you would have without Sam Rockwell. No. But anyway, should we wrap it up? Are we still anything else we want to talk about? Is there anything else we want to talk about? Brandon. Chris Goodnight is probably going, are you guys still talking about Captain Marvel? Anything else, Brandon? Uh, I want to talk about Doom Patrol, but JD hasn't seen it. I've only seen episode one, and I loved it. Same. I finished Titans, and I loved it. Also same. I finished... You finished Titans? I finished Titans. So you loved it, because I've been hearing a lot of people, because a lot of people are catching up on it. Yeah. And they hate the season ending. Yo. I was that season ending happens, right. and I'm like, yeah, here we go. This is gonna be the last episode. How are we gonna finish it up? Over, oh, overdone. Oh, wait, did I, did I miss it? How did I? <laughs> oh, it's is it fuck? Is it done? Yeah, I had the same response. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know what? I like the audacity of yeah. saying no. This is how we're going out. Yep. Fuck yep. you, bitches. Yeah, no, it was great. I can't believe I'm saying it. Me neither. Titans was real fun. It was, it was fun. And my favorite. Was the Hawk the two Hawk and Dove episodes? Yeah, you know they did grow they on me. They were so good. I gotta say they did grow on me. Man, and also Dove, Dove, <laughs> Minka Kelly from was it Friday Night Lights? Girl. Mm. Anyway, uh, what else? Oh, Umbrella Academy. It was fine. It was good. What else? Did I finish anything else? Oh yeah, real quick. Has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. It's not superhero or comic oh, book yeah. related. Last night, I happened upon a new... I don't even know if it just dropped or how long it's been out, but there is a new Ricky Gervais miniseries on Netflix called After Life. And um, it is so sweet and so lovely. And it's just about... It's such a small, small little vignette of this man's life. And he works at a, at a local newspaper in a really small town in, in, in London. In London. And uh, his wife dies. His Mm. wife died. um, And some of the sequences are him watching videos that she recorded for him to help him mourn her. She was dying of cancer. um, So she's got, you know, the head head wrap on and she's in the hospital bed talking to him. And I, I I was, I spent the whole... The whole six episodes on the verge of tears, between laughing and verge of tears, and uh, it's just so great. And um, I know he's under a lot of flack recently because he makes 
he's a comedian who makes jokes that make people uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, this was really, it's, it's not really a comedy. Uh, it's got funny bits in it. Oh, I'm so, so, so his wife dies and he has decided. But don't give away. I think you've given enough of his story. Well, no, the thing about him though, is that not only has his wife died, he has de- decided that I'm going to be, I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care about anybody anymore. I'm not going to think about other people. I'm only going to do what makes me happy because all I want to do is die. All I want to do is kill myself and I'm just going to be an asshole. And then if, you know, I can do that until it goes so badly that I just kill myself. I've always got the safety net of suicide. Okay. And then that's where we start. Okay. So yeah, if you get a chance, man, I mean, if, if you're into. Are they half hour? Okay, so it's a nice, quick six episodes. It's lovely. This, uh, um, I'm curious because I like Ricky Gervais. I I have liked him. There's sometimes where he can be like a little grating. Yeah. He's one of those guys that likes to do something real funny and then keep doing it till it's not funny. Yeah, because he he figures, and it is a truism that if you keep at it, eventually it will come back to funny. Yeah. 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 And I don't think it always works for him. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Peaks Um, and valleys. Right. But, uh, I do like him and I remember his, um, he did an HBO series where he was, uh, an extra. Was it called extras? Yes. Yeah. I thought that, that show was so. Oh, I didn't even get to it. Is it good? Oh my God. I've seen clips of it because in each episode seemed to be a really other famous person. Well, yeah, because there's always a because you know he's an extra on the film, so yeah. there's an extra the famous person starring in him. And there's one one episode where him and the other extras, and then the star comes in and sits with them, and they all sit in a prayer circle, mm-hmm. and it's his turn to say a prayer. Oh my god, it is so hilarious! <laughs> I was on the floor crying. It's uh, so I do like Ricky Gervais. Nice. So I, I'm I'm curious. I'm gonna have to check this out. Well, there's some things about him that I like as because he's an atheist, mm-hmm. and he's his. It's not the fact that he's an atheist. It's the way that he deals with people who are incredulous to the fact that he is an atheist, and they just don't understand how how yeah. how could you un, how could you think that this comes from nothing, right? And so one of my favorite bits, and of course I'm paraphrasing. I think he was on a show with uh, Colbert, who is a, a devout. Catholic, right? right? Or Christian or whatever. And so, you know, they're having, they, have, they always have really great conversations about religion. And Ricky Gervais winds up saying something about like, you know how there's all these gods, all these pantheons of gods, you know, like Greek and Roman and, and uh, Hindu and all these other sorts of gods. And he goes, yeah. He says, you know how you don't believe those, right? He's like, yeah. He said, uh, I believe in the same amount. What is it? I disbelieve in the exact same amount of gods as you do. Plus one. <laughs> And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just, if you get a chance, I would check it out. It's really good. Right. After Life. On Netflix. Two words, yeah. Anyway, anything else we want to shout out? I wanted to say, because we kind of skipped over it, I want to say thank you to Brandon Payton, because he said some nice things to me at the beginning. He did. So I want to uh, say thank Speaking you of saying nice things, so there is another podcast that Brandon listens to called... Uh, I mean... It's the company is kind of funny, and yeah. they do a Patreon only show called Comics Cast, mm-hmm. and it's where they talk about comics each week. And what happens? Well, each month, and uh, they let you you can write in at a certain Patreon tier to participate in the show, where mm-hmm. you can like discuss the comics, and you can also shout out your local shop. And so I decided to shout out JD, and it was lovely. So thank you so much. That was really cool, and it meant a lot to me. Um, sometimes. Stuff gets uh, difficult, and uh, it's stuff like that that makes it really 
helps remind me uh, of how much fun it is that to be here and to uh, do this stuff. So thanks. All right. Yeah. And since we're shouting out, if I may be allowed, mm. um, the Black Tribbles, my other podcast, we are putting on a podcast festival. It is called Respect the Women's Podcast Festival. It'll be taking place on August 24th and 25th here in Philadelphia at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Two days of live podcasts by women-led podcasters, including some live music performances, as well as some giveaways. We're going to have vendors, we're going to have food, we're going to have a whole lot of fun. And it's all to, um, all in the benefit some very, very notable educational charities and nonprofits here in the city of Brotherly Love. You can find out more information if you're interested in being a part of the festival at womenspodfestival.com. Nice. Speaking of women's podcasts, um, the two women from Ghouls Next Door, Kat and Gabe, Gabe. were here last two nights ago and they had me on the show what? Uh, they, they do a horror podcast and they said jadles do you want to come on and talk about horror comic books so we did that we recorded it and that'll be hitting the webs uh maybe in a week or two oh, so cool. yeah definitely check out the ghouls next door which i believe is on the black tribbles network it is on it so you can Tribbles's find network. it on your feed right yeah you can find it on our feed or they have their own feed as well yeah. wherever you find podcasts Go yeah so we had, a, we had a blasty blast talking about that so yeah i have a patreon patreon slash johnny destructo Yes, and I have a Instagram, um, Batman's Whiteboard. Yeah, so hit us up, check us out. Uh, Brandon? Leave a rating and review on iTunes. Oh, it yeah. Help the show out. Yeah, that would help us out. Thanks, Brandon. Nice. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Brandon, yay! Yay, it's Brandon. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you later? It's talk at you later. That too. How long have we been doing this, guy? Bye! Look at it!